630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Colorado Avalanche taking it to the Golden Knights. It is 5-1 for the Avalanche halfway through the third period. This was an afternoon game in Vegas because it is Nevada Day. The Avalanche up 5-1 and out shooting the Golden Knights 38-18. So Colorado looking good to improve to 8-1-1 on the season. In the second period, San Jose leads Toronto 1-0. The Devils are up 2-1 on the Coyotes. First period, 1-1 Islanders and Senators. No score, Sabres and Red Wings. And later on tonight, the Capitals play the Canucks. Tomorrow on 6.30, Ched, 3.30 countdown to kickoff game at at five as the Eskimos finish off their season with a home and home against a West Division rival. Trevor Harris will be back as your quarterback. He'll join us in about an hour tonight on Inside Sports. And then on Sunday, 12.30 for the face-off show, game at two, the Oilers go up against the Florida Panthers. And uh, in about eight to ten minutes, Panthers defenseman Sherwood Park native Mark Pesek will join us. They're coming off a wild 6-5 shootout loss last night to the Calgary Flames. So you may have checked the standings, and you may have noticed that the Edmonton Oilers are 8-2-1. and one which is a pretty good record. An absolute thriller last night against the Washington Capitals. Strong first period for Edmonton. The Capitals took it over in the second frame. The 3-1 lead going to the third, and then the Oilers able to tie it up, led by the star players, and then in overtime, McDavid and Dreisaitl connect for the winner. So my question to you, now that we are 11 games into the season, and you start to see some trends with the team, and I actually posted this as a poll on my Twitter account, and you have about an hour and 15 minutes to still vote if you would like to, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Are the Edmonton Oilers, because what, what do you say about a lot of teams? What do you, what do you say a lot about a lot of good teams? Oh, they do, they do a lot of things well. They, you know, they do a lot of things well. So, are the Oilers indeed doing a lot of things well, or they are, or are they just really, really good? Are they just excellent in a few areas, and that's why they're winning games? Do the Oilers do a lot of things well? Can we say that, or, or are they just explosive? Are they just right near the top of the lead in the things they do well? Here are some key numbers. As we roll into the weekend, the Oilers coming into tonight's action have two of the top three scorers in the National Hockey League. McDavid is second, 20 points. Dreisaitl is third, 19 points. That's excellent. 31-team league, you got two of the top three scorers. Save percentage, something I talked about a lot in the summer because neither Koskinen nor Mike Smith was in the top 31 of goaltender save percentage last season of goalies who played enough minutes to qualify for the stat. This year, Miko Koskinen is 927, 13th in the NHL. Mike Smith is 925, 14th in the NHL. So the Oilers have two goalies in the top 15 when it comes to save percentage. Uh, for comparison, the league average in the NHL is 909. So both guys well above average. Koskinen has not lost. First Oilers goaltender ever to start a season undefeated. And then we go to the special teams. Power play still second in the NHL, 33.3%. And then the penalty kill. Fifth. Still fifth, even though they allowed a goal tonight or uh, last night, they allowed a power play goal to, well, one of the best shooters ever in the history of the NHL. Alex Ovechkin, the penalty still, penalty kill still very good. 
fifth in the NHL at 86.1%. So you got a top five power play, you got a top five penalty kill, you got two of the top five scorers in the league, and you got two of the top 15 goaltenders in the league. So there are a few areas in which the Oilers are excelling to this point. They are not just doing well, they are excelling. And then you have uh, some of the other areas that are concerning. Bottom six, one total goal all season long by a guy who's been hurt for a few games, Joachim Nygaard. Josh Archibald will not be contributing to the goal scoring for a while, by the way. He is out two to four weeks with a right foot fracture. He's uh, obviously been seen in a walking boot a little bit the last few days, so he's not going to be able to go on. So Josh Archibald uh, has uh, been placed on IR, right foot fracture. And then you, you talk about um, some of the ice time distribution, relying a lot on, on the big guys, on uh, you know the, whoever is the 5'6 defenseman on any given night not playing as much. And last year, you had Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl scoring over half of the team's goals. This year, Neil, McDavid, and Dreisaitl scoring 23 of the 34 goals. So if I were to vote in my own poll, I wouldn't necessarily say that the Oilers are doing a lot of things well, but they are doing a, a smaller number of things really 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 well and that's been the difference so far the goaltenders are making saves the uh, home run hitters are hitting home runs when they need it and the goaltenders are coming up with the big stops it's all added up to a, a very entertaining and a very good start for your Edmonton Oilers you can text 63630 you can also call 780-496-0063 Roddy writes in he says Reed goaltending is excellent so are the top two lines not sure how long it's sustainable with uh, just two lines but I'm enjoying the wins anyways well I, I hope you're enjoying them because I remember the first year I hosted the broadcast Dallas Aikens debuted as the Edmonton Oilers coaches and I'll never forget the record after 21 games one quarter of the way into the season the, the Oilers were 4-15 and 2 the season was over in terms of having any hopes of playing games with any impact in the stand. I mean, you thought the last couple of years were rough. At least they were in a single digit of a playoff spot most of the time. They, they were 4-15-2. Take 8-2-1. They're not perfect. I, I, I hear from a lot of you who say, well, I'm not, I'm not sure. That's still a question mark. And absolutely, they're, they're going to have a rough patch. Rain's going to fall. But what I like this week... They lost two in a row. They had the two shutouts. It didn't go to three. They, they came back, and they won, and they figured it out against the Capitals. The way the Oilers are playing, they're not a Stanley Cup contender, but they're, they're a playoff contender, and, and, and that's step number one. It's, it, it's been, and like I said, it's honestly been entertaining. There's been some drama and doubt in every game, really except for the Minnesota game, where the Oilers just didn't have a lot of energy, and they trailed 3 nothing most of the game. I mean, Minnesota got those three goals in less than five minutes. They've had close games in third periods where they've been able to come from behind uh, or they've been able to uh, get the tie-breaking goal and go ahead with a solid period. I mean, the third period against the Rangers, they were very good. So I, I hear from all those people, and I, and I recognize the same weaknesses and doubts that you have, but if you win a game, at some point you've still done something well. You've done something better than the other team to allow you to win, even if it's a little bit of a theft. Uh, we are going to have Mark Pesek in a few minutes, but we will quickly get Brian onto the show. Go ahead, Brian. Yes, Reed. I'm just great. Uh, the, the first and second lines are doing good. Is it just chemistry for the third and fourth? And Ethan Bear, like, where did we get that kid? That kid is doing awesome. Okay, thanks. Okay. I'll listen to your comments. Okay. Do I need to remind everybody that Peter Shirelli drafted Ethan Bear? 
Uh, I don't think it's chemistry with the... Th- it might be a little bit of chemistry with the third and fourth lines. I-, I just think that they are, you know, players who have not been high scorers in their NHL careers. We're hoping to get 8 to 12 goals out of a lot of them. And they just haven't been able to either generate enough chances or finish the chances they do have. Now, in a game when the Oilers have the lead, you can keep going to those players and and getting them to forecheck and kill penalties. When you're behind like you were last night, then you're going to the whip with the big guys and their ice time winds up under 10 minutes like it did with a lot of those players. Might be a little bit of chemistry, but I also think we got to remember none of those players have been high-scoring players in their careers. Uh, injuries have factored in a little bit now with Archibald, Nygaard being out. Um, I, I give them credit for, for checking and grinding in most of the 11 games so far. I certainly give them credit for the penalty killing. But like we've talked about, they got to find a way to hit the score sheet. We will call a quick timeout. Former Oil King now patrolling the blue line for the Panthers. Mark Pasek. Mark, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Doing very well. Well, Day off uh, in your hometown. This is pretty neat mid-season, eh, or early season? Yeah, absolutely. The last, uh, you know, the last couple of years, we've had the the days, the days off in Calgary, which was nice. Got to spend some time with my grandpa, but uh, it's good to be here in Edmonton, spend some time with my parents, and uh, see a couple of buddies tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, geez, it's like you you're back in school or something. And got a Saturday off. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> to hang out yeah. with with some folks. Uh, man, we had a we had a wild game. At Rogers Place, and you guys wound up in a, a six-five-one with the Flames. Uh, you guys got the single point in the shootout. What is going on? Uh, all the scoring in, in not just that game, but there's been some high-scoring games in the league this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting. Uh, you know, it's a good time to be a hockey fan. There's good plays every night. Uh, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know what's going on, but every day on the NHL Instagram, there's there's plays that are nice, and you watch them, you just think, how can they keep coming? The next night, same thing. So it's pretty exciting. When you're in a high-scoring game like last night and, you know, you almost had the game winner and they come back and win in a shootout, you know, it's one of those games you probably feel you're on the verge of winning. You just got to nail it down. You don't quite quite get it done. You know, how does the team sort of deal with that mentally? Um, yeah, and we were down two. Um, I think we were down 4-2 in the third and uh, we clawed back and uh, had two nice goals uh, from from a couple other guys. Can't remember Huberdo and Barkov set up a nice one. Uh, and then once we were tied, we we're kind of thinking it might get to overtime. And then uh, you know I got got mine. It was uh, is we kind of had the feeling that maybe we'd hold on for the win. But uh, to get the one point still huge for us. Uh, I think we're on a six or seven game uh, streak right now. Where we've been getting points, so uh, it's it's nice to get this the two. And that's what we're obviously needing to start doing here. Yeah, well, Oilers fans wouldn't have minded if you'd held Calgary to one point or zero, right? But, but that's, that's okay. So your your team, you know, you got some good young players on that team. I mean, Barkov, Trocheck, I could I could go down the list, but I, I want to start with Barkov. Every time I see this guy play, I, I mean, one of the kind of cliches that gets thrown out there is that the two hundred foot game. But I watch him play, and I'm like, well, no, he actually is yeah. like dominant yeah. in every zone. Absolutely, he is. Um uh he's, he's unbelievable like you said in every single zone everywhere he touches the puck if he has the puck he doesn't have the puck he's doing the right things and uh guys on the bench are hooting and hollering every time he does something on the ice and getting excited and uh it's fun to be around too it's uh he's he's got everything all right so a couple big off-season changes for you guys let's start with the coach you get joel quenville tell me a little bit about what he's like and his impact uh he's been awesome so far he's so smart uh 
just the way that he interacts with the players and talks to them. There's so many things I think that as a player you're uh, they're going through your head and and you don't think the coach sees eye to eye with you on that. But he just tells it how it is and. Uh, a lot of the time, the stuff you're thinking in your head, he'll just come out and say it uh, before you can get it out. And uh, you can read off players really well like that. And uh, he's been awesome so far, really fun to play for. Look, there's only 31 head coaches in the NHL. So you got to be an elite coach and an excellent coach to get to that level. And and obviously nothing against your your, your previous coaches, but Joel's resume is... There aren't many that can compare. Yeah. So, you know, when he when he comes in like that, there must be a certain, I don't know if aura is the right word, but there's there's a certain cachet that he automatically is going to have with you guys. Oh, absolutely. I think right from, um, well, last year he got introduced right at the end of the year uh, to the media and, uh, and he came in and talked to us and you could just tell uh, there's just a feeling around him of uh, there's a high, high level of respect. And I think that goes both ways. He comes in and uh, he's, not arrogant by any means um he treats everybody well and uh like i said he's very fun to play for and and he himself likes to have fun at practice and uh so it's just awesome to be around mark pesic from the florida panthers joining us all right so the other key addition is the goaltender uh i most important position on the ice bobrovsky obviously excellent seasons with columbus Tell me a little bit about having him back there. Yeah, it's been, uh, we were talking on the bench a little bit last night even. There's a few a few saves in the first period last night that uh, if those go in, it's a completely different game. And he, you know, flies across the net. He's so athletic and um, another guy that's just insanely hardworking. He's the f- first guy at the rink literally by, he doesn't take the bus. He takes an Uber to the rink. He's always there already warming up when everybody gets there. And, uh, and he's always on the bike right after practice. He works and he, he perfects his, his craft and he uh there's no there's no secret to his success he's uh you know he's he's making a lot of money for a good reason and he deserves it because of uh what he's done and how hard he works the goaltender can sometimes his personality can sometimes dictate the personality of the team it's interesting watching the Oilers this year because Mike Smith has you know he's a he's a Canadian and he's an, an older player and he's very comfortable in interviews and he's very chatty in practice Koskinen, obviously, most of his career in Europe, English isn't his first language. He seems, at least publicly, he seems a little bit more reserved. So they, they, they're kind of a contrast. What about Bobrovsky? What does his personality bring to the team? Uh, he's pretty quiet. Um, but like I said, he's very hardworking, and he and he does like to have fun. I don't know if that's just coming to a new team or not, whatnot, but he is, uh, he is pretty funny. And uh, like I said, he, he does keep to himself. He's a little bit quiet, but... Uh, you know, he talks to guys and, and he lets you know exactly what he wants and expects from you and um, and he backs up anything that he says. Now, does he know about the Jay Onright, Bobrovsky, you're off the case thing? Do you know? Has anybody <laughs> ever know. asked about that? You got to ask. I don't know. We got to ask him. We, we kind of <laughs> yell at him a few times, <laughs> Bobrovsky, but I don't know if he gets it or a couple of the Canadian guys that, that know Jay and what he does. We laugh about that, but I don't know if he does. Um, all right. So you're, you're playing the Oilers. They're 8-2-1. They're and one. Big David and Dreisaitl, uh, look, I'm not going to ask you what Joel's plan is, but I'm assuming you're going to be on the ice against them at some point. So what's your approach? You know what they can do. You've seen, you've seen the highlights. And, but I, and I also assume you get up for those guys. I mean, you'd, you'd love to be the part of the defense pair that holds them off the sheet. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great challenge. Um, and like I said, with the, with the nice goals, they're, uh, they're definitely a huge part of that most nights. Um, and, yeah, they're fast. They're good at good at scoring goals they're uh they're young it's exciting um 
but yeah, it's, it's going to be a big challenge for us tomorrow and hopefully we're up for it. Even in the time you've been, you know, through the, through the Oil Kings and in the NHL, and like you're not an older player by any means, but you've been in the league a few years. Has has the speed of the skilled players even ramped up in the years you've been in the NHL? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if that's just me slowing down, <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely things happen a lot faster and a lot quicker. And um, it's so impressive uh, when you see things firsthand, like with us when we're watching Barkov, just just simple stick handling that you know doesn't catch you off guard by any means for a lot of guys. But uh, when he just does a few quick stick handles like that, it just it makes you think, oh, yeah, these guys, everybody's quick and fast, and uh, it is just getting quicker and quicker. Well, it's going to be a great matchup. Mark, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Excellent. That is Mark Pesic from the Florida Panthers. Early in the second, Islanders leading the Senators 2-1. No score, Sabres and Red Wings. Later on tonight, Capitals and Canucks. Calgary and Winnipeg about to get going in the Canadian Football League. U of A hockey. In Lethbridge tonight, 7 o'clock face-off. Golden Bears football at the Saskatchewan Huskies tomorrow with a win. The Golden Bears finish the regular season in second place, but they could finish anywhere between second and fourth. A lot to be sorted out in the final weekend of Canada West football. World Series, game three, top of the second, no score. Astros and Nationals, Nationals up 2-0 in that best of seven. Oil Kings... Home to Medicine Hat. That one starts at 7 p.m. at Rogers Place. Oilers-Panthers on Sunday. 12.30 face-off show. Game at 2 here on 6.30. Chad, Josh Archibald out of action for the Oilers. Two to four weeks with a right foot fracture. And uh, in about half an hour, we'll have Eskimos quarterback Trevor Harris on the show. He's back in action. Tomorrow's game is at 5. Our coverage starts with the countdown to kickoff at uh, 3.30. Well, the Oilers uh, looking good. What a game last night at Rogers Place. Ovechkin trying to hunt the puck down, but Bears able to hold on to it. Wrapped around in front. Neil centers. What time is Ovechkin picks it up, left circle, wrist shot, missed, rebound. Backstrom, backhand wraparound, and he can't slam it home. And here comes Dreisaitl, leading a three-on-one for the win. Dreisaitl over the line, centers McDavid, back to Dreisaitl. One-timer, score! And this game is over! McDavid to Dreisaitl for the winner. Edmonton four, Washington three, in the brilliant Jack Michaels with the call as the Oilers came back from a 3-1 deficit to beat the Caps 4-3. I mentioned earlier McDavid second in the NHL in scoring 20 points. Dreisaitl third 19 points as we welcome the NHL Network's Matthew Barnaby to the show. Matthew, you're on with Reed. Great to speak to you again. How's life, man? Everything is great. Uh, Just landed in Regina a few hours ago with my uh, co-host Steve Coolius with a few Edmonton Oilers fans over here in Regina. So, uh, ready to talk to the Oilers. Oh, you can hear them in the background. Uh, thank God Steve's only five foot three, and we can't hear him that loud. So, we're all good. Uh, well, I got to ask you, and you know what? I'm going to have Jamie Nye from uh, CJME Radio in Regina on the show a little bit later on because, obviously, he, he lives in the community and, and, and the vibe for the game. But I don't, I don't know how many outdoor games you've – I can't remember if you, if you played any, but what is your take on sort of the whole – taking it outdoors experience that the NHL is committed to for the last decade or so? I, I've never played in one. I retired right before that they started bringing the first one in, in the States or the Winter Classic. 
uh, per se, uh, to Buffalo. So I missed that one, but I've covered probably seven or eight. And here's what I say. I think a lot of people say, oh, don't we get too many of them? Isn't it a little redundant on how many games? And uh, it's a little overplayed. And I, I think when you cover the game, it's, it's the same for us all the, all the time. But here's what I can say. Every time I leave uh, a venue uh, and a market in which holds the game, they're equally as excited. So it's the first for most of these uh, places. Now it's Saskatchewan. I've uh, been to so many over the years. I'm going to be in Dallas this year for their Winter Classic. And they all leave with the same perspective that it was an unbelievable event. They're glad they went there and they can't wait for another one. So I think we get skewed a little bit when we're in the business, uh, but for the everyday fan, it's an unbelievable experience. Well, and I think it's really cool that they went to a non-NHL city, but Regina, Saskatchewan have produced tons of NHLers, many great NHLers. I mean, Gordy Howell from Saskatchewan, one of the greats of all time. And, and a few years ago, Regina built that stadium. Well, I've never been there, but by most accounts, it's it's a great stadium. So, so why not give a give a city like that a great sports city uh, a look at the NHL? I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's good. My buddy Kelly Chase will tell me he's one of the greats that have landed from Saskatchewan. And I know when you look at Alberta, what they've produced, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Quebec. Uh, everyone would think that BC would be up there, but Saskatchewan, Alberta, like I said, those those uh, provinces are, are ahead of them in producing NHL players. So I think it's great for a non-traditional, when we say market, um, it's a traditional market, but not having a National Hockey League team in a province, it is great for those fans, and it's kind of middle ground for Winnipeg and Calgary to compete for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, who has the louder cheers and the louder chants. Uh, that, that's going to be pretty cool to see. Okay, I, I played some Oilers highlights off the top. I, I think we're going to be using those on our station quite a lot this year and probably some other goals by those two guys, Matthew. You know, you, you, you're, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm here in Edmonton talking about this team all the time. You're kind of watching the league as an overview, and obviously McDavid and Dreisaitl are, are two of the headliners. I mean, in terms of duos in the NHL that you would have played with and against, and you were teammates with Lemieux and Yager when, when Lemieux came back, so he didn't play quite as much as he was earlier in his career. But, you know, I, I think these guys are just these guys are just deadly. In the last 20, 30 years, they're as good as any two. I, I think they're as good as any two guys together that we've seen. Well, they are. And I got the chance, like you said, to play with Yager and Lemieux and uh, I kind of think I, I had the same feeling that some of the guys do and fans do in, in watching these two superstars play. And I, I do cover 31 teams, but I can tell you one thing. Uh, there's a lot of nights when Edmonton isn't playing that I record my games and get ready for my show on SiriusXM to watch the, next, the, 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 the rest of the games um, and, and then do my analysis on that. When Edmonton plays, and I know these two are playing, uh, I don't go to sleep. And last night's a perfect example. You just had a feeling that McDavid was going to do something special. And I'm not taking anything away from Dreisaitl uh, for what he did last night, but McDavid drives the bus, and his speed drives people off. I, I played with the likes of Pavel Burry and Pat LaFontaine and Mike Medano, uh, some of the greatest players in the game today. And what he did last night in that third period essentially was guys i'm going get on my back because we're going to win this game and it was it was pretty special to watch not only for an Edmonton Oilers fan but a sports fan a hockey fan in general so these two together 
they have a special dynamic. You have a guy that can finish. You have a guy that can pass. You have a guy that can skate. And uh, they're they're just they're, they're the best one to punch in the game today. And they're they're must TV. I talk with my co-hosts all the time. There's one group that we want to see every single night is the Evanston Oilers because of those two. I, I've mentioned a couple times they're, they're second and third in league scoring the, is, uh, some games they've wound up playing 24-25 minutes because of overtimes or the games the Oilers have been behind some games their ice time has been more around 20-21 minutes but one concern a lot of us who talk about the Oilers and a lot of fans have is man you got one goal from the bottom six that's from Joachim Nygaard and, and he's injured so he's you know you're basically putting zero goals right now on, on lines three and four you played sort of that depth energy role on a lot of teams but did you feel like and we've had done interviews in the past about you being an agitator and all that kind of yeah. stuff but did you still feel like man if I haven't scored for seven eight games I, I got to start doing more offensively I'm just wondering how you approached the the, the, the scoring in your career I, I did and it's great when your top guys score we talk about depth scoring and I include Neil in that now because they didn't have him last year and what he's done. But essentially, uh, they're they're not they're, they're not scoring from the bottom six, and they won't be uh, successful in the playoffs because we look at you know playoffs and and you look at McDavid going three three games without a point, and then he ends up getting three points last night, so he has three points in four games. But if that goes into the playoffs and they don't get depth scoring, it'll probably be tough to uh, correlate that to wins and then win a playoff series. So. As for myself, yes, and I think more so for the guys today because it depended. If I was only playing three minutes a night and I went eight games without scoring, I, I didn't put much stock into it. It's pretty tough to score in three minutes. If you're playing nine, ten, eleven minutes, yes, I, I would expect to, to have points in, in in those games or at least not go four games without a point because those are those are minutes that you should be able to produce. So. It will be an area of concern. It is right now, I'm sure. They're getting away with their top guys producing. But if they are going to be a playoff team, if they're going to go beyond the first round, they're going to need more depth scoring. That's first and foremost. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you there for sure. Oh, I, I, the goaltending has been exceptional. I, I, gave, I, was, I, I hit people with a whole bunch of stats off the top of the show. The league average save percentage is 909. Koskinen's 927. Mike Smith's 925. They're 13th and 14th. So, so really good. Uh, I'm going to throw one here at you. I, your, I believe your final season was, I think it was Mike Smith's first season. With, it was, yeah. What do you remember about a young Mike Smith? Well, I thought it was a great signing first. And when, when I looked at when they signed Mike Smith, I, I thought Calgary should have signed him. I thought he did enough in the playoffs to re-sign him and I was surprised that he didn't get a contract with them so I thought it was uh, a great signing uh, by Edmonton to acquire him and, and get him he is a one of the most he's one of the most normal goalies I've ever met in my life he is probably the most in-shape goalie I've ever seen in my life he is the you know top two or three passing goalies that I've ever seen in my lifetime I'm including the Brodeurs uh, Mike, Mike Smith plays the puck as well as any of those guys uh, that I have ever seen uh, play the puck in the National Hockey League. And I think that, that, that is in, in today's day and age to be able to, you know, not come out and, and go to the corners, but to be able to be a third defenseman, it, 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 it's essential. He's going to make some mistakes and you have to live with those. But I think uh, he does more good than bad. He is a great teammate uh, that came, like I said, 
off a troop, uh, an up and down year, but a great playoff. And I'm not surprised. I thought this was a great signing, like I said, uh, for Edmonton. I have to also equate this and go a step further. Dave Tippett is probably the best coach I've ever had in my 14-year career. Uh, he's diligent. He's honest. He's smart. And he holds guys accountable. I think that's what guys look forward to. And I think he's a big reason why they're having so much success this early in the season. Yeah, well, he's 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 definitely seemed pretty level-headed, and he and he said in his post-game yesterday that after the second period, and the Oilers were outplayed in the second period, but he just said to the guys, "Well, they've they've got some chances and scored. Let's create some of our chances of our own and see what happens." Which I think should put to bed that he's a defense-only coach. I think we know that he isn't, but you know, he just said, "Go out there and do it." I want to ask you one more, uh, because you know, as a player, you had to forecheck, you had to hit. If you played a goaltender who could move the puck it took away your opportunities to do that did you have to how how did you adapt to playing against a goaltender like Mike Smith that could really handle the puck did you have to be smarter with your shoot-ins would you try to agitate him a little bit how would you approach that well I think the main thing is is a, a dump normally is you know get it in and get it on the forecheck uh when you have a guy that plays the puck it's essential that you put it in spots that he can't get to, especially now not being able to play him in certain spots besides the trapezoid. So it does play into your head. It tries to make you play smarter. But, you know, in the end, every every team essentially plays some sort of the same system. But when you have a guy that can play the puck, it just makes it that much tougher. And you're, you're almost on defense when you're dumping the puck because you know if you dump it a little too hard, you're not getting a check in, you're not finishing a check, and you're starting to read the play and sort of, uh, or you're starting to react to the play and sort of just, you know, creating chaos. And as a third or fourth line guy, a depth guy, you're, you're trying to create chaos uh, for the goaltender or the defenseman. But when you have a goaltender that plays the puck so well, um, it's almost a one and out. The puck's in, back out, and your shift's over. So it really plays into your head, and that's why he's so good at it. Matthew, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for fitness in while you're uh, traveling and getting settled in in Regina. We really appreciate it. Always good to get your perspective, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Have fun. Awesome. Have a great weekend, and nice talking to you guys anytime. That is Matthew Barnaby checking in tonight, former NHL player, 16 years in the league, now Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Uh, the high praise there for Dave Tippett. He broke into that uh, on his own, commenting on Mike Smith, also said he really liked the uh, hiring of Dave Tippett as head coach. That was interesting to hear for sure. Good to talk to Matthew Barnaby, who probably uh, – I, I didn't always like as a player. If he was going against the team, I might have been sympathetic uh, towards. But uh, he certainly knew his role and did it very well most of the time. Well, this is exciting. We got uh, Brett on the other side of the window. Brett Holden. Brett, how are you doing? It's nice to have you on Inside Source. I couldn't hear you. How about now? Uh, now I can hear you. I'm doing pretty well, Much Reed. Better. How are you? <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing well. Welcome to 630 Chat. I know you're a relatively new addition to the team. Thank you. In honor of you uh, being a relatively new employee, we're going to give away some Oilers tickets. Sounds good. We have a pair of tickets for the game against the Panthers on Sunday. Remember, it's send-off Sundays. As part of the Edmonton Oilers weekend advantage, send-off Sundays, we'll see one lucky fan in attendance win an exclusive trip for two to see the Oilers take on that night's opponent, in this case the Panthers, in that team's rink later in the season. So somebody on Sunday is going to win a trip to go to Florida. What is it in? Sunrise, Florida? Absolutely, Sunrise, and it's uh, looking much better than it is here. 
Well, it's all it's always sunrise there. Yeah. It's well, a little known fact. It's a it's a weird weather anomaly. The sun is always coming up there. So you got to answer a trivia question live on air. This one is super easy, I think. Uh, last night, Miko Koskinen improved to five and zero. Right. The first Oilers goaltender ever to do that. Who was the goaltender who started four and zero? Whose best start record he broke last night? Well, thank you for tuning in this evening. Early touchdown for the Stampeders. They lead the Blue Bombers 7-0. Pair of tickets to the Oilers game on Sunday on the line. Miko Koskinen now 5-0. Best start ever by a goalie. Which goaltender started 4-0 back in 83-84? Trucker Dave, I'm guessing you know the answer. Go ahead. Hi, uh, Animal. Trucker Dave, it's great to hear from you. You've won the tickets. And I appreciate hearing your voice because I know you are a regular texter and I'm honored to actually speak to you directly. Oh, thank you very much, Reed. How's life? Life is good. Um, a really good day to be an Oilers fan. And uh, thank you for the ticket. Now, did you work today? Uh, still am. I went to uh, Sing Crude and now I'm headed back home. Okay, so what do you have a usual, like, are you all over the province, all over the country? What's your usual uh, gig here? Uh, I go to Fort McMurray, I go to Wabasca, and once in a while I go to Vancouver. Oh, wow, okay, but based at Edmonton, obviously, or nearby. Yes, I live in Spruce Grove. Oh, well, I grew up in Evansburg, that's great. All yeah, right, yeah. well, I'm happy to talk to you. I'm glad you got a day off to go to the game, and I hope it's another good one. There's been some good ones this year. How are you feeling about the team overall? Um, loving the goaltending. The first line is doing what they do, but... Uh, yeah, the bottom six, they got to pick it up. They got to start helping out a bit. Trucker Dave, thanks for calling. Hang on the line because uh, Brett's going to tell you how to get the tickets, all right? Sounds good. Thank you, Reed. All right. Trucker Dave, the winner. That's awesome. Glad he won them. Uh, we like giving We had a pretty good week. We gave away some Oilers tickets earlier. We uh, gave away some Eskimos tickets. So a lot of fun for sure. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.